One of the biggest complaints I hear from photographers is that they are not booking enough clients or hardly any at all. Well, if you haven't already heard, the Boost Your Bookings Bootcamp event is coming up really soon. During this five-day virtual live event, I'm going to be sharing real strategies that lead to being a profitable photographer. Some of the strategies we will be covering include how to stand out in a saturated market, pricing mistakes you're probably making, and marketing myths you are believing, to name a few. What would more clients on your books mean to you? Our next virtual live five-day bootcamp is starting soon, and it's only $17 to join. You can go to brookjefferson.com slash bootcamp to get signed up. This small investment could be the difference between you staying in the same place and skyrocketing your business this year. I wish I could tell myself to stop trying to be like them and just stay in my lane, worry about myself, serve my clients. I also, right next to that is, I wish that I would have told myself to specialize sooner and that I didn't need to do everything under the sun because there were several things that I didn't enjoy doing back then. And I just wish I would have stayed true to who I was back then. And I probably would have had a way more profitable and successful business sooner rather than later, which is why I'm so passionate about helping photographers not, not spin their wheels for as many years as I did. Are you a photographer looking to build a five or six figure business that has both time and financial freedom? Maybe you're struggling to get clients on your books that don't know what to do to bring in your next lead. Maybe you're frustrated with social media because you see it working for other photographers, but you aren't seeing any results. Maybe you're an established photographer with a solid client base, but you're looking to go next level. The truth is that taking pretty pictures just isn't enough anymore. In order to build that dream career as a photographer that you had when you first got into this industry, it's going to take a toolkit of business skills, marketing strategies, and accountability. Hi, I'm Brooke Jefferson a lifestyle photographer, marketing strategist, and business coach for photographers. Welcome to the Book More Clients Photography Podcast, where I share tried and true marketing strategies, interview other photographers and experts, and pull back the curtain on what it really takes to be the go-to photographer in your specialty. My goal is to help you turn your business both profitable and purposeful. If you're ready, let's jump on into today's show. Well, welcome Madison and Courtney to the show. Madison, welcome back to the show. I am excited for today. We're doing a, I'm not even prepared for this, but this is like a basically (laughs) ask Brooke anything. I pulled two of my team members on just to let them ask questions that maybe you have been wondering or wanted to ask yourself. So I'm going to let Madison and Courtney introduce themselves a little bit and explain how they are involved in my business. So Madison, you go first. Hello, I'm Madison Brown. I am Brooks Bookkeeper. Um, I'm the CEO and owner of Madison Dearly Bookkeeping. And um, yeah, happy to be here. Happy to ask all the questions. It's going to be fun. Yeah. All right, Courtney, will you introduce yourself? Of course. So excited to be here. I am Courtney Albertson of Courtney and Virtual Solutions. I am Brooks content strategist slash marketing guru. Um, I am happy to be here and super excited to dive into some questions. 
Perfect. Yes. So Madison and Courtney are essential to my team. And if you tuned in to the episode, I did all about how in the world I manage it all. I mentioned that I have a team and I don't do it all. That's the secret. You can't do everything. You're not created to do everything. So if you haven't heard that episode, go back and listen to it. But today we are going to dive into some fun questions to celebrate two years of podcasting. And um, I will go ahead and say this. When I started this podcast two years ago, I was recording it to an audience of zero Literally, there was not one person that was sitting on eggshells waiting for me to release the podcast. It was just something that I felt called to do. I felt like it really fit my personality. I'm not really the best YouTuber. I don't like to do videos. And so I wanted to just bring a way that people could, I guess, really just ingest the information on the go. Because for me, I listen to podcasts all the time. I mean, when I'm in the shower, podcast is playing. When I'm doing my makeup, a podcast is playing. When I am driving, doing laundry, you get the idea a podcast is usually playing for me. And that's just the best way for me to, um, to learn. And I, that's my favorite type of podcast or business podcast. So that's a little background to how I got started. So I started with an audience of zero and today we are on the brink, if not already over by the time you're listening to this 100,000 downloads. And that blows my mind. Yes. Yeah. It's exciting. It's a lot of hard work and I don't think people realize how much work goes into podcasting. So just know that you are valued. If you are a listener, if you've been here and you're one of those that messages me and tells me that you download every single episode and sometimes twice, you're my favorite people. You're my kind of people. And you're the reason that the podcast has grown to where it is. So I just want to say thank you for that. And okay, let's dive into questions. Madison, Courtney already said that you're first. So let's hear your first question. Yes. And I know that some of my questions that I have on my list are probably something you've already talked about in the past two years, but I think they're still fun and it's still fun to just ask you and like go over the information. So the first thing that I want to know is what is the biggest win that you've seen in your business since you decided to start working for yourself? Yeah, that's a great question. And this one's really hard because I feel like there's been a lot of wins and a lot of failure, by the way, but a lot of wins along the way. I think my biggest, though, was last year. So when I decided to truly launch out in the education side of my business, it's my biggest win because I had no idea what was possible. So growing a group from 150 photographers who wanted to come on for an Instagram challenge for five days and then sitting here and growing it to well over 7,000 photographers in a year is mind-blowing. There's no way I did that all by myself. And uh, clearly I did not. It was definitely God-ordained. I had the right people. Um, I've had other team members that are no longer on the team that definitely they owe a tribute to to help me get there. But yeah, I just, I love connecting with people. I just think my biggest win is the community aspect. It's not even a monetary thing. It's just more of you know, I feel very aligned in what I'm doing and being able to help photographers along the way, which 
I have heard over and over and over again that they have completely transformed their business through the podcast and free group alone. So that just makes me feel like a million dollars knowing that, you know, maybe it was a Facebook live I did or a specific episode. Yeah. Biggest win by far is launching my education business and seeing what it is today. It's been crazy. So heck yes. Go you. Yeah. Well go everybody. Cause it was definitely a group effort. So <laughs> All right, Courtney, what's your question? Okay, my question is, if you were to write a book, what would you write it about? Oh my gosh. Okay, so I do plan to write a book one day. I actually, so fun little story here. I used to come home from school and I was the kid that would hop on the computer and I would literally write novels. And I wish we still had this computer, like the old the old ones that sat on top of your desk with the keyboard you had to plug in, like all that good stuff. And I used to pull up the notepad or, or Word or whatever we had at the time. And I would just like, write novels. Those were fiction novels back then. They were so good. I wish I had some. Um, I have written one children's book actually. Um, and I will have to go find it for y'all. I can't even remember what it's called, but I have written a children's book back in high school. But if I was going to write a book, honestly, it would probably be over overcoming loss and how to fuel that into your life. Like how do you move on after walking through losing people that are close to you. So for me, I obviously be writing the book about losing my two brothers, how each one of those at different seasons of my life impacted me. Cause honestly, if I look back that those were the turning points for me. And a lot of the times, the reason I end up jumping into something that I might not quite be ready for is literally because I get into the mindset of, well, we're not going to live forever. I'm not guaranteed tomorrow. So a lot of times I do live today like it's my last day and um, and I'm getting better about that. But that's probably what my book would be about. The second book that I would write, and I this is the one that I would probably write first, it would be for girls in their adolescence about bullying and I guess sharing my story and what I walked through from the time I was like 10 until the time I graduated high school. Um, it didn't matter what school I went to. It didn't matter, you know, who I hung out with. Like that was something that followed me into adulthood. And it is the reason that I'm really, really big on community and the way that I show up and serve people today. And so I think my books would definitely be about my backstory. I think that pretty much sums it up. So does that answer your question? Yes, goosebumps. So inspiring. <laughs> well, Please write them so I can read them. <laughs> Take my money. I already want to read it. Yes. <laughs> Take oh, my money. <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to have to walk into a season when I'm not juggling a million and five things because uh, there is no time or even mental capacity to write a book right now. But it, I do hope to. It is definitely on my bucket list. I love it. I love yeah. it. All right, Madison, what's next? Okay, this one's a fun one. So if you could photograph any type of session anywhere in the world, where would it be and what type of session would it be? Okay, well, I can tell you where it would be in Australia. I want to go there so bad. Um, And as far as the type, probably... 
either it's a toss up between family or maternity. Cause I could easily make either one of those look really good over there. Um, there's a lot of variety. There's a lot of cool outfits you can wear that you can't wear, you know, in uh, Oklahoma in a, in a field <laughs> in the background. Um, so yeah, I definitely know it would be in Australia, but probably if I had to choose between maternity and family, I'd probably go with the family just because there's a little more variety there with posing and connections. So, yeah. yeah. I know like everyone can't see it because they're listening to a podcast right now, but we're on Zoom and I love seeing like your face, like think like, oh, this maybe could be how maternity would look and this might be what they're wearing. Like, it's so cool to see like your creative side, just literally your wheels turning right in front of me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that's, that's a fun one for sure. So Okay, Courtney, hit me with your next one. Okay, this one's going to seem a little random. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. What is your favorite animal and why? Um, I'm going to go with what I've said since I was five, and that's a cheetah. If you guys could go back to my childhood bedroom, you would literally see a cheetah lamp, cheetah bedspread, cheetah throat pillow, (laughs) cheetah blank. I mean, y'all, I was obsessed um, and a lot of the clothes I wear, which I'm very shocked I don't have cheetah on right now, but um, I wear a lot of cheetah. The reason why is not only am I obsessed with their pattern of their fur and all of that, um, they are also very smart and very fast. And I would like to think that if I could be an animal, which this is so funny, Courtney, because last <laughs> night at family dinner, I had my son sitting in my lap. And he was going around the table telling everybody what animal and bug they would be. And I got cheetah and a ladybug. So that's pretty funny that you asked me that. I love it. (laughs) Yes, I got all the good animals. You should have heard the other animals that were being said around the table, like a sloth and a bumblebee. And it was was interesting. (laughs) Okay. um, In case you guys can't tell, uh, maybe you probably can't. Natalie does an amazing job of editing this, but I have literally had to pause this twice to go tell my kids to stop being so loud. So if you've ever wondered uh, what it looks like to record a podcast, it's a lot of pausing and apologizing and um, try not to lose your mind. So I just had to throw that in there. (laughs) Okay. Whose turn is it? Cause I have lost track. It's mine. And of course it's mine. And I have like a giggle fit right now. (laughs) Okay. Um, this is a fun one because we've talked about this, but I want everyone else to know too. What is your Enneagram number and how does it, um, like, how does it make you do business and work with a team and work with your clients? Yeah. So I'm an Enneagram two wing three. Um, I will also preface this with, I don't really see anything wrong with the Enneagram, but here lately, there's been a lot of controversy about the whole test. And I'm only saying that because I've like taken it back, like tried, tried to pray on it. Like, is this really, you know, does, is there a bad intention behind this? And I think the only thing is like, just be careful not to box yourself in, right? Like that's not just what you are, but I actually love it. I I think it's interesting to talk about. I think it's interesting to see the tendencies that we have. And honestly, it makes me interact with people better. Because if I, you know, and I do this a lot, especially with you, um, you and I are so similar. So if I ever feel like you're distant or something's just a little off, it typically tells me that a, either your cup is running low or B, 
there is something wrong and we're the type that's not going to just talk about it necessarily. And so we talked about this over the weekend and I thought that was really cool. So I use it to look at my strengths, but also evaluate my weaknesses. And I really do like, now I understand even my, my stepsister a little bit better. She is an Enneagram six and she worries about everything. And so if I'm not showing up or I don't text her, um, you know, if, if it goes, if it's like two months and we haven't had a single conversation because it's adult life and it happens. Um, that's when I notice we start having tension between us and it's not because she's mad. It's because she feels like something's wrong or she's not doing enough. And so, um, yeah, I think I'm fascinated by it. So, you know, and I'm not like all wrapped up in it by any means, but I think it's a helpful tool and it really helps you get to know like your strengths and your weaknesses and how you communicate and how to solve a fight. Yes. I have done some research on that for my own marriage. So there's that, but (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I didn't know that there was controversy going on. I love the Enneagram. Um, and I do strive to just like learn more about it. And I just, I wanted everyone else to know how intentional you are just about knowing, even if you don't like dive into it and know like every like personality type and what it is exactly like, you just know, like this person is a two or this person is whatever else. And you change your interaction based off of that. And you're so good at that and so intentional about it. So I wanted everyone to know that. Well, thank you. I, um, it's funny you say the word intentional multiple times because that is actually my word of 2021 is intentional. So the things that I choose to do, the things that I choose to sell things, you know, in the whatever capacity, I really want to be intentional with my time, intentional with my money, intentional with my friendships, like everything. And so I love that you said that I'm doing a good job. Then I'm going to too much. Yes, <laughs> Okay, Courtney, what's next? Okay. What do you wish you did more of? Uh, My first thought, honest thought, read my Bible. That was my first honest thought because (laughs) I just have a lot going on um, and it's hard and I try to be good with that, not out of a religious thing, but more of a, I know when I sit down and I do it, I actually incorporate, you know, prayer and reading into my morning routine. I just have a better day, better life, like all the things. Um, The other way I could answer that is travel. I need to travel so bad. I have (laughs) begged my husband to take me to Nashville for my birthday in August. I've wanted to go there forever. And if he doesn't take me, I'm going with Madison this fall because she's going back to Nashville. So that is that is that. (laughs) There you go. I love it. Yes. I think that... um, Uh, reading your Bible more is very relatable. I can relate to that 100%. Um, I feel like, unfortunately, that's one of my first things to go when I get super busy in life, right? Um, So yeah, definitely relatable. Yeah, I I think it's relatable across the board for moms, business owners, everything. Um, It's just hard. And uh, the best thing I ever heard was I followed a girl for a long time out of Alabama and she just has a heart for pouring into moms. And she did a, you know, a video one day that was just like, let's just put the honesty out there. And let me tell you what I really feel like God has been speaking to me. And it's, we go through seasons. So when you are at home with a newborn or a small baby that, you know, needs your attention, God's not expecting you to hop out of bed at 5am and go spend time with him. That's not the season you're in. And so I think that 
hearing the freedom of taking it season by season, like literally freed me up from so much like guilt. So anyway, that was like the best, that was music to my ears that day. Yeah. So. <laughs> so good. That's so good. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. That's good. Yeah. All right, Madison. What mm-hmm. else? I'm trying to decide which one I want to do next. Do you have a business motto? Um, no, I actually can't sound do not. I think my, my whole like life motto goes back to the, you just, it's one life. Like that's all you get. So, you know, there's, and I, and I also use this to almost meditate on when I have high anxiety or when I'm in a situation where I'm not the one in control, this happens a lot. It could be something as funny as I'm not driving the car, but I'm having a lot of anxiety because I've been in car accidents before and I don't like people driving me around. I'm really bad in an Uber. Just don't get in an Uber with me. Okay. Cause I will sit there and it's just not a good, it's not a good thing. So anyway, um, I just, I try to talk myself out of that fear with, like, it's okay. Like you don't have to be in control of everything. You're not going to die in this one <laughs> car trip. And so, yeah, I, I just think it goes back to the whole, you don't, I mean, just live it to your fullest because you're not promised tomorrow. So I'd say that's probably the umbrella motto of my life and business. That was a good question. Uh-huh. I also have a follow-up with that too. Um, what are some ways that you feel like you practice self-care when you're in those moments of really heightened anxiety or just emotion or fear? I love this because Courtney knows exactly what I'm going to say because it happened last week. Uh, guys, I run to cleaning. I run to cleaning. Yep. So if we have a meeting, a lot of times Courtney and I will meet and I'm like, okay, I'm taking the rest of the day off. I, my mental, when I feel like I have a mental block, it's typically because I either have a way too long of a to-do list or because my house is out of order. And there have been studies that show if your bed is not made, which guys, I'm going to be the first to tell you, we do not make our bed every day. I'm just going to let you know now. But if your bed is not made um, or your house is really out of order, and I'm talking like you just have so much stuff clutter that you don't need and you know you have it and there's really like everything's just kind of overflowing out of the cabinets. Um, I will say the biggest thing that I did was go through that decluttering process. It took about two to three weeks to completely declutter every corner of my house. But now that I do, like when I see things out of order, I don't stress about it because I know I can get that stuff put back exactly where it goes. Everything has a home in like 30 minutes or less. So I clean The other thing that I do, I don't know that that's really self-care, that's mental care for me, Um, but I, I try to every other week go to some type of appointment just for myself. So I will either go get my dermaplaning done and a facial and I just like unplug and I just relax. I'll go get a massage, just something to pamper myself. That's really where I find my self-care. And sometimes I will just binge Hulu or Netflix for a whole day, just because that's all I want to do. I don't have the capacity to do anything else. Those are small things, but it doesn't take a lot for me uh, to really like relax and and all of that. So I guess that's a good thing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I love that. Yeah. Self-care is super important. Some people go to the extremes. Some people just do a little pick me up. I just say, you know, if you're listening to this and you haven't been there in a while, go do some form of self-care. So, okay, Courtney, what else do you have? Okay. This is kind of a three part question. Okay. So what is the number one question you receive as a photographer? 
Oh, um, the logical question is how much do you charge? <laughs> That's a joke for everybody. <laughs> Hopefully everybody's laughing about that one. Um, but I would say definitely what, what do I wear or how did you end up like getting into business? I get that a lot, especially when I'm introducing myself and they're like, what do you do for a living? And I'm like, oh, I'm a lifestyle family photographer. And they're like, really? How long have you done that? And then we just go down the rabbit hole of questions. But um, I would say, yeah, definitely. What do I wear? Because I think everybody stresses about how to really show up for their sessions. Um, mm-hmm. And I could totally take that to the education side too. But that's the biggest one as far as like actual local clients is what do I wear? Okay. So taking that to the education side, the next part of that question is what's the number one question you receive as an educator? Okay. So yeah, that's a good one. Um, definitely. How do I, how do I book more clients? And that is the hardest question to answer. So in the group, if you have ever, um, been welcomed, or if you've ever seen my, ask me your burning question, the burning question is always, how do I book more clients? And I think that this is such an overloaded question because it's, I like, I don't know where to start because you have to, it's like the onion. I have to peel your layers back and figure mm-hmm. out what are you really asking me? Cause you are, you're missing something in your business. Either you're missing your specialty and what you want to be known for. And the reason you're not booking clients is because nobody knows what you're the expert in. And so they're going to, instead of just booking with you, who does a little bit of everything, they're going to go find somebody else that actually is an expert in that area. It could be pricing. A lot of people, and this is the hardest topic ever, but the shortest answer I can possibly give is before you charge, you know, what you actually are worth. And I really don't like saying that. That's just the best way I can get my point across. So before you get to the numbers that you should actually be charging in your business, uh, it's really scary to think that no one will book you. But the thing is, no matter what you charge, like today, if I decided I wanted to charge $2,000 per portrait session, while that sounds extreme, I would be able to find clientele that would do that. The thing is, you're not going to get to the next type of clientele until your pricing is where it should be. So that's a whole, that is a whole ball game in itself. Um, and so as you can see, I can keep peeling your layers back. And at the end of the day, something is out of place or you are not clear on, on something, because if you were, everything would be able to flow together and you would have that framework that would be able to help you book more clients. So that's the number one question I get. And it is the hardest thing to answer. Yeah, I can see that. It is definitely the number one question you get. Yes, <laughs> I agree with that. Okay. So my final tier to this question is, do you feel like the two questions relate to each other? Can you connect them? Yeah. So like with the, uh, the, the local clients question and the education question. Yes. Yeah. So honestly, like I said, if something out of your framework is missing, which that includes having pricing, specializing your client experience, being able to serve your, your client. So through my client experience and the way that I market myself, I'm always answering the question, what should I wear to my session? So um, Mm -hmm. I feel like you're having a miscommunication if you're not being able to do that in your business. So yeah, I definitely think that they relate. Um, And I think the booking issue in itself 
a lot of people have because they don't know how to market their business, but you also don't need to be marketing your business if you don't have all of the other key pieces in place, because then you're marketing a business that's not ready for the influx of clients. I've been there. I've done that. And it serves no one. It serves no one. So yeah. Reach it, sister. Reach. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Okay. Woo. Okay. Was, Good answer. I love it. The back end people over here were like, get those systems order. <laughs> yes, you have. And that's the thing that I love to teach is systems. So like, there's not a thing that I, this is why I love the blueprint program. And I am just going to sit here and do, do a pitch because That's literally where you learn every single piece that you need is inside of the blueprint program. And this is, these are the questions I get. These are the questions we solve. Um, and like, that's it. That's your one-stop shop. You won't need another thing, especially now that we've added that editing coach in there. You won't need anything else after going through this program, especially for the business side. So that's, yeah, it's my favorite. It's my baby, but that's why. So if you liked my answer to those questions, you should go check out the blueprint. Okay. What's next guys? (laughs) Oh, that was so good. Yay. If you could go into business doing anything else that's not photography, what would it be? Oh my gosh. Okay. So I am multi-passionate and I literally like, I could probably be anything you want me to be. I know that sounds crazy, but like I've been, um, I just finished binging marriage or mortgage or mortgage or marriage or whatever it's called on Netflix. Obsessed. Also another reason that I told my husband he's taking me to Nashville's because you get to see Nashville through their eyes. It's amazing. So anyway, um, I, so they, they go to all these wedding vendors. I could be a wedding planner. I've thought about it. I have wrote a business plan for that. Um, I could be, I would love to be a physical brick and mortar store owner of some sort. I think that would be really fun. It would have to be something super creative though. Not necessarily fashion. Maybe like if I lived in a cool place, we would do like, you know, favors or like cool gifts, like tourist gifts or something like that. Um, I don't know. And then if I went back to corporate, if I did go back to the whole corporate thing, if I got I take two on my life, I would go with what I originally did, which is to become a nurse. I wanted to become an oncology nurse. Don't know that that really would be something that I could go through with, but I would love to go back to uh, labor and delivery like my sister. So yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I could do a lot of things. I really could. I could own a lot of businesses. And honestly, like I know I was born to be an entrepreneur and I wish so badly, like, I'm the first person when someone's like, our town has nothing here. I'm like, I'll get you the best restaurant you've ever seen. Don't worry. Let me just find some people to work for me. I'll get it going and have a profitable business. But I just, I can't, like, there's just no way that I could do that. I wish I could though. I would literally own everything under the sun. (laughs) I love that. I love it. It's so, um, it's so apparent your entrepreneurial spirit and just how you hold yourself and how you conduct your own business and all these different things that you have going on. It's because you love, I think it's because you love to serve and because you just love to like do it all and be it all. 
I totally agree with that. I also, yeah, I just, like I said, it's my weakness too. So I think that's my, what is it called? An Achilles heel. I think that's it because I love business so much, but I can very quickly overwhelm myself with things. And that's the whole reason why I had so many hats at one time before I went all into the education side. So I was a virtual assistant. I did online marketing for businesses that people would have no idea I ever did before. And, um, you know, was a teacher and then was in college and had kids. And I mean, like, I've never just done nothing, I guess. Even at 15, I worked two jobs. Weird. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow. That's a lot about my work history there. Courtney, do you have, <laughs> do you have any more questions? I do. Okay. So knowing what you know now, what piece of advice would you give to yourself when you first started your business? Oh, okay. Let me get into my feels for a second. Um, I will tell you when I first started my business, all I did was look around at every other person. I was like comparing my 20 year old self had just turned 20 to the 30 and 40 somethings that have been in business and went to school for photography. And I just could not figure out how I could get there. So I will say this, I think it's good to be inspired and see what's possible. But I think that the biggest mistake we make is constantly comparing ourselves to people. Um, and that's the biggest mistake ever. So I wish I could tell myself to stop trying to be like them and just stay in my lane, worry about myself, serve my clients. I also right next to that is I wish that I would have told myself to specialize sooner and that I didn't need to do everything under the sun because there were several things that I didn't enjoy doing back then. And I just wish I would have stayed true to who I was back then. And I probably would have had a way more profitable and successful business sooner rather than later, which is why I'm so passionate about helping photographers not, not spin their wheels for as many years as I did. Cause that's ridiculous. So I love that. I love that. I definitely agree with the comparing yourself because I can totally tell myself that two and a half years ago as well. Stop yeah, looking well, in all the directions. Yeah. Well, okay. So on top of that, do I still compare myself today? Yeah, I do oh. all the time. Right. But it's, it's different. Like back then it was, I'm paralyzed. I'm like, I'm in it. I'm in the comparison. I can't even make a move without making sure that it's on trend or it looks like what someone else is doing. And now I'm like, y'all are doing the flower crowns. I'm not, I'm going to go do something completely different, you know? And yeah. so I try to, I used to also be like, my work doesn't look like anybody else's work around here. And that's actually the number one reason I get booked. The number one reason I get booked is that it is my style over everyone else's. And then the reason that I have like an 80% recurring clients over and over and over is literally because first I hooked them with my style or I hooked them with something that made them want to book me. But then once they work with me, that's actually when you should give yourself a pat on the back. Cause if they come back, you did it right. Is what I've always heard. And they, I feel like they come back because of the way I made them feel right. It's not just the images they got back, but it's the whole experience. And so 
I, I just think that's huge. So that all goes back to like doing your own thing. Just be you. You don't need to look like so-and-so. And I just, yeah, I wish I could go back and sit down with myself. But then again, I wouldn't because you just, you learn precious lessons when you walk through seasons and do it all wrong sometimes. But um, I mean, yeah, I definitely would shorten the gap there. I think everybody should definitely wander in the wilderness for a little bit, but then quickly get your crap together. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Okay. What else do we have? I have one. So in the past two years of doing this podcast, what are some or the number one most memorable podcasts that you have? Oh goodness. There were several. Um, one episode for me that I loved and was just in awe over was when I had Jasmine Starr on the podcast. And I think it's because I was like big Jasmine Starr, little old me. Right. Um, but she came on and we had like the most incredible conversation and it was perfect timing. So she was a God aligned guest. And the reason I say that is because she had just adopted her daughter and we had just heard back that we were getting our dream house. Like that is literally what we had been talking about forever. And so for the stars to literally align and the show being called, I think the episode is called, uh, when your dreams become your reality. Like it was really, really cool that it all worked out. She was awesome. Um, I did not get as much buzz about that episode as I thought. And I think it's just because the timing of that episode was pandemic time last year. And so I think that it got looked over. So anyway, if you haven't heard that one, y'all should go back and listen to it because it is a really good conversation. And especially if you're like waiting or praying about something and you're in a season of waiting and expectancy, it is, it is such a good conversation to tune into for sure. So that would probably be my number one, but overall the podcast is really, there's so many good episodes. Of course, I try to really be intentional with what I put out. I don't just record to record. Um, I try to make sure that everything, you know, you're able to take some type of value away. And from the feedback I've heard, we're definitely hitting the mark on that, but um, it has opened a lot of doors for me that I never thought was possible. Um, like today, I, in real time, I am talking with the CEO of a company because of my podcast. And so there'll be exciting things coming soon. So yeah, I just, I'm glad I did it. Um, and it's one of those things where you're never ready for anything. Business, podcast, doesn't matter. Um, you may be starting your photography business right now or be in business and feel like no one sees you. Keep going because that is literally all you can do. It's amazing. So that's my favorite. Love it. Yeah. All right, Courtney, what else? Okay. Three years from now, what does life and business look like for you? Okay. So three years from now, my children will be seven and 10. So I imagine we will be very busy with sports, <laughs> academic events, um, I would, I really want to see myself even more involved with my family than I already am and business side. I would love to not be creating anything new necessarily, but being able to have a solid system. And I'm hoping that's what we set up this year. We'll be able to, to be that same system, just kind of scaled a little bit three years from now and just be able to like truly feel fulfilled in all the areas um, of my life. I don't think it'll look too much different from now, except that 
I think there will obviously be more of an audience, more students, more people I get to pour into the podcast three years from now. Good Lord. What are we on episode 2000? No, I'm just kidding. But um, <laughs> yeah, that's crazy to even think about. That's a good I love it. Me. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. I can't wait to see you get there because it's going to happen. And it happens so fast. Like now three years seems crazy far, but then we're going to be three years in the future and be like, y'all remember that episode? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Madison, anything else? That's all I got, girl. You answered all my questions. You know, I wanted to hear about your first kiss, but we'll just... <laughs> I know. Well, if you want to specify, you know, where that falls in the timeline, but yeah, that's probably not suitable for children. (laughs) (laughs) Really? No, not, not necessarily like that, but like when, would I want my daughter to be in sixth grade and kiss a random boy just because it was peer pressure? No. So yeah. (laughs) But first kiss with her dad uh, did not happen on the first date. I actually thought that he, I just didn't think there would be a second, I guess, because I was like so disappointed. I was like, what did I do wrong? Like, is it me? Is it him? He was just being a good old Southern gentleman and just waiting till the next one so yeah so there you go there's your answer I know I love that you answered the question I love that I did (laughs) okay Courtney anything else on your side okay I have my final question final question is what does success mean to you Oh, I love this. I've thought about this. I've journaled about this before. Um, I think success to me, the word I hear that is mirrored is fulfilled. So walking in your purpose and just being fulfilled. So a lot of us want to tie a number to success. I've done it. I still do it. But I think for me, it's do I have everything I need in this moment? Do I have a business plan moving forward? And am I walking in what I'm supposed to be doing? Because I don't think you'll ever feel successful if you are in the wrong career, if you are like walking the wrong path. Um, and so I, I definitely feel like I am. And I have been so confirmed in the last week and a half that I am definitely where I'm supposed to be. Every aspect of my business is fully aligned with who I am and who I'm supposed to serve. So for me, I just think success is literally complete fulfillment because out of being fulfilled comes your joy, comes your peace, comes your freedom, you know? And so, yeah, that's what success means to me, Courtney. So good. So good. (laughs) Yeah, guys, thank you so much. This has been a fun conversation, even with all of the pausing, the, the mom interruptions, hashtag mom life. And um, y'all ask some good questions. And I love that there's like such a variety for everyone to hear, which is so good. So thank you all for coming on the show. Thank you for having us. So much fun. Absolutely. 